Okay. Well, praise the Lord. It's going to be exciting for you next week going up to Cooper Pedy. We've got a busload of young people from uh, Woodcroft going to Ballarat to a camp in the middle of winter in Ballarat. Now, that's faith for you, isn't it? We used to go there for our Christmas camp, and it nearly snowed then. Anyway, praise the Lord. So, uh, anyway, praise the Lord. It's, uh, you're warm on the inside when you're spirit-filled. Okay, Luke chapter 22, if you would, please. <coughs> we uh, found out something last night. They had a, a show at the Vogue called The Vogue's Got Talent. And, um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, no, some, of it, some of it was very good indeed. And um, but it was quite entertaining. It was a bit like camp uh, back home. Anyway, praise the Lord. It's all good. Okay, Luke chapter 22. Um, I want to talk about the the resurrection of Jesus Christ and uh, the events surrounding it. So, uh, big subject. We're going to just set the scene here in um, Luke chapter 22. We start reading uh, in verse 14. When the hour was come, he sat down, there's Jesus, of course, and the twelve apostles with him, He said unto them, With desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it is finished in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took the bread and gave thanks and break it and gave to them, saying, This is my body which is given to you, this do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. And uh, then he goes on to talk about how that he was going to be betrayed uh, by Judas. And this is just uh, setting the scene. This is the Last Supper. Jesus uh, had been ministering for three and a half years. He was about to come to the end of his life. He was to be betrayed. He was to be uh, set up by the uh, high priests, have the crowd turned against him, and the Romans were going to crucify him. And uh, we'll pick it up in um, uh, chapter 23, and uh, just a verse or two there, and verse uh, 33. And when they were come to the place that is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left, and then said Jesus, Father, and forgive them, for they know not what they do. They parted his raiment and cast lots. And so uh, they killed him. And uh, we read on uh, later, down in verse 50, um, after he died. And behold, there was a man named Joseph, uh, a counsellor, and he was a good man and a just, and the same had consented to the council had not consented to the council the deed of them. In other words, he hadn't agreed with Jesus being uh, uh, crucified. He was of Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. So he was a godly man, and he didn't agree that they should uh, have uh, Jesus uh, uh, killed under trumped-up charges. This man went unto Pilate and begged the body of Jesus, and he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it by in a sepulchre, uh, that was hewn in stone wherein never man before was laid. And that day was the day of uh, preparation. Uh, and the Sabbath drew on, and the women also which came with him from Galilee followed him and beheld the sepulchre and how his body was laid. 
They returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. And we're going to read on in verse 1 of the next chapter. Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulchre, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulchre. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass... As they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men, two angels, in fact, stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, and they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and rise again. And they remembered his words. And so I've uh, raced through all of this, but just uh, setting the scene here, and um, we want to see as we're going on how that we can see how this relates to us. Uh, down in verse 9, and they returned from the sepulchre and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna, and Mary the mother of Jesus and other women that were with them which were told these things unto the apostles. And these words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. And then arose Peter and ran into the sepulchre, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at what had come to pass. And behold, two of them went that same day, and I want to read on from here in a moment, but it's um, as we read this, it's good if we can try to picture ourselves being in this position here. The disciples had followed Jesus around for three and a half years. They had seen mighty miracles. They'd, seen, they'd heard amazing teaching. They had seen uh, thousands of people flock to hear what Jesus had to say. They were there when the loaves were multiplied to feed thousands of people. They were there when the dead were raised up, when the sick were healed. And uh, it was just an amazing time. And, of course, they became very dependent upon Jesus. And uh, whatever he said, they'd learned to do it because, well, he, if they didn't, well, he'd tell them. Uh, but uh, then all of a sudden, he's taken away and he's, he's crucified. And then he's uh, buried. And uh, you could imagine what it's like. I mean, many of us have lost somebody really close to us and you know the, the terrible grief that you go through. But um, this was more than that. This, this man was the hope of, of the whole nation. And uh, not only did they realise that, but the hope of the whole world. And he's taken from them. And then they go to anoint his body, and it's not there. And the next thing, the story's getting around, how that uh, uh, he's, uh, well, somebody's taken him away. What, what's happened and so on. And uh, so, but the amazing thing is that these two angels said, you're looking in the wrong place. And uh, I love that passage of scripture because it tells what a lot of people are doing to this day. They, they sort of believe in Jesus, but they're looking for the living amongst the dead. And, uh, and a lot of churches are spiritually dead. Uh, they have the name of, uh, of Christianity, but there's nothing happening there. And a lot of us came, well, some of us, I don't know how many people go to church these days, but back when I came to the Lord, quite a lot of people used to go to church. 
but we didn't receive any Holy Spirit there. We didn't see any miracles. We didn't hear of testimonies of healing and all those sort of things. And we were looking for Jesus, but we're looking in dead churches. And uh, anyway, the Lord saw the attitude of our hearts and he called us to places. And my uh, testimony in Sejuna, I went to the, the Methodist church up the street uh, when that was finished on the Sunday night, I came down to the RSL Hall where the revival was going on, and there I heard the truth. And two nights later, I came back and received the Holy Spirit. And after 20 years of going to the Methodist Church, no real deep experience with God in the, the uh, RSL Hall. The hired hall is still smelt like the RSL had been celebrating the... The, um, you know, this was years after the war ended, but they were still celebrating. And, uh, but anyway, that's where God filled me with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, so anyway, we go on to, to read there and they, they're thinking, oh, you, you're dreaming. You're just making all this up. You're hallucinating or whatever. And then we want to read a little bit about these, uh, two people in verse 13. Behold, two of them went that same day at a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs, so probably about ten kilometres away down towards Joppa, I understand. And they talked together as all, of all the things which had happened, and it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Amazing story. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. They just didn't recognize him he would have been the last person they would have expected to see because he was dead and uh, dead people don't walk around and they don't talk to you and uh, so they they, uh, then he said unto them what manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad what are you talking about and why are you so miserable one of them his name was Cleopas answering said are you only a stranger in Jerusalem and have not known the things which have come to pass there in these days? And he said, what things? And they said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth. They didn't realize they were talking to him. Which was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. So as far as they were concerned, it was all over. He was a prophet. He's dead now. And so it's really sad. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. And I guess that that's the situation that we get into sometimes. How that all our hopes have been dashed and it just hasn't worked out the way that we thought. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre. When they found not his body, they came, saying that they had seen a vision of angels which said he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre and found it even so as the women said, but him they saw not. He said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have, have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory and beginning at Moses right back in the opening books of the Bible and all the prophets he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself and <clears throat> there were many many things he co- talked about and possibly a lot more that he could have talked about 
And um, I've jotted down a few things, and uh, this could go on into the evening, but uh, it won't. Um, so um, we'll break off for a meal break. Anyway, but if you go right back to the opening stories in the Bible, you read about Adam and Eve in the garden and how that when they disobeyed God and partook of the forbidden fruit and uh, they were told by God that they were going to be put out of the garden but the devil had deceived them and uh, we read, I might have, I'd better read it, Genesis chapter 3, make sure I get it right and uh, Genesis chapter 3 and <coughs> And God said to the serpent, to Satan, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It, the, the, the seed of the woman, shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now what he's saying is that a descendant of Eve is one day going to really deal with you and you're going to be crushed. And... But at the same time, you're going to inflict a wound upon him. And that was the first prophecy of the, the time of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And uh, we read, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's brought out a bit if we have a look in Galatians chapter 4. And I won't be able to go through all of these things here today. But there, there are scriptural references in the New Testament. And in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4... It says that when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. And so he sent forth his son and the, the time was fulfilled there as we read about in, uh, in Calvary. Uh, also in Galatians, uh, in Galatians, in Genesis and chapter 12, we read of a man called Abraham whose name was later changed to Abraham. And there were many promises given to him about his descendants and the great nation of Israel uh, came as descendants of uh, Abraham. And uh, But there were specific promises there besides all the promises made to the nation. And people sometimes get a bit confused. They think that it's all tied up with the nation or it's all tied up with Jesus, but it's tied up with both. So the, there's many of these prophecies that have a, a fulfilment, a specific fulfilment in Jesus Christ and a, a general fulfilment in what was going to happen to the nation. And if you happen to be a descendant of Abraham, it doesn't mean you get saved. You've got to have to all be born again, whether you're an Israelite or a Gentile or whatever you might be. But the promise was given there in Genesis chapter 12, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. And that was going to happen after Jesus died and rose again, and uh, Jesus said to his disciples, now you can go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And uh, in these modern times, we're seeing a, a tremendous outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and it's all over the world. And uh, people... Um, I know I've been in New Guinea a few times with Pastor Godfrey and he's preaching to the, the people there. And uh, he, he says to them, you know Judah man, you Gentile, but you can come to the Lord and, and get saved. And uh, so we don't need to worry about trying to work out what our ancestors are. You've got to be born again anyway. Anyway, praise the Lord. So 
and it was in uh, Abraham's seed that this happened. If you, um, I'll just read a few, a few of these things. In Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, we read that, that there was going to be a time when a virgin would conceive and bring forth his son and his name would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that is uh, quoted in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. In uh, Isaiah chapter 9, we might read that one because it's a bit too much for this old bloke to remember all the words. Um, Isaiah, which is somewhere here. There it is. Isaiah chapter 9. And verse 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice. From henceforth even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Now this uh, prophecy is fulfilled in two parts. The first coming of Jesus Christ as a babe and uh, the second when he comes, the second coming as it is called, returns to this earth to set up his government. And uh, that's what we're all hanging out for. We're looking for the Lord to return very soon. And uh, no doubt he quoted many things like this. And um, if we go to the, the book of Micah, now that'll take you a bit of finding, won't it? I, I know where it is because I put little pieces of paper in there where I've got to turn to. I didn't go to Bible class, so I didn't learn all these. There you go with, now where on earth was it? Now which bit of paper was it? <laughs> Micah. Yes, it's page 1130 if you've got a Bible like mine. Just a little um, verse here, verse 2. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephratah, Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though there be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be a ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old, from everlasting. And that is quoted in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 6. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, apparently according to this fairly insignificant place. And that, that's where Jesus was born, as I think most of the world knows about that now, whether they got the right stable or not, is not sure. Um, in Hosea, it talks about him, uh, this child being called out of Egypt. That is quoted in um, Matthew chapter 2 and, and verse 15, when when uh, Joseph and Mary were warned because uh, Herod was trying to kill all the little babies to take him to Egypt, and that's where he went. And sometimes people get a bit confused. They think, now, where was he from? Was it Nazareth or Bethlehem or, or, or Egypt? Well, all of them. He travelled around a bit. And so that was all prophesied. In Zechariah, we read about uh, how he was to uh, come into Jerusalem on triumph riding on an ass and the colt, uh, the foal of an ass. And that was quoted in Matthew 21. Sorry to rush it there, but uh, we'd be here all day if I didn't. So, okay. There's another great story which maybe Jesus touched on. And uh, we'll look at that in Numbers chapter 21. 
Numbers 21. And we'll start reading in uh, verse... Where are we? Yeah, we'll start reading in verse 4. And they journeyed from the Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea. This is the Israelites as they're wandering through the wilderness. To compass the land of Edom and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. That's what happens when you grizzle all the time. You, you, get, you get nasty things come and bite you. So uh, anyway, so if you're a grizzler, we'll stop it. Anyway, the Lord sent fiery servants among the people and they bit the people and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looks upon it, it he shall live. And so when he says to gaze, it means to, to, to gaze intently, to fix your eyes upon this and, and really believe that God's going to, to do something for you. And, uh, and so we go on to read in the children, uh, we read, and Moses made a serpent and put it on a pole, and it came to pass that if any serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Now, that is quoted in the New Testament, and we'll go to that. Uh, that's uh, John chapter 3. John chapter 3. And <clears throat> I think some of us know where this chapter is. It's where it tells you you've got to be born of water and of the Spirit. It tells you where you've got to be a believer. But just uh, starting from verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, we just read the story. Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And so part of the reason for that story happening back there to the Israelites was this was an example of what was going to happen to Jesus. Just as that brass serpent was put up on a pole and the people could look at that, believe in God through that, they would be delivered. Well, so Jesus was to be lifted up on the cross and uh, that's where he died, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And as we often point out, if you read the whole chapter, you'll see that when you believe in Jesus, you're going to do what he said, you're going to get baptized, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit, and you're going to speak in tongues. Okay, now just while we're talking of this being lifted up, let's go to chapter 12, and um, in verse 32... And again, Jesus speaking, and he said, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. And so this was the plan of God, that it had to happen. A penalty had to be paid for our sin. And so Jesus was lifted up on the cross. And uh, I heard somebody once say, and I guess the illustration has been used many times, that as he hung there between heaven and the earth, he reached down with one hand to grasp the offending humanity 
and he reached up with his other hand to touch God and over his dying body he brought us together if we believe in him. God was looking at what was happening on the cross and for those of us who look at what happened on the cross and we really believe it and we respond to the call, we are drawn to God. He, is, he was lifted up and we get lifted up and uh, we sing the chorus, lift Jesus higher. Okay. There's another great passage, and I'm sure Pastor Graham and others have uh, talked a lot about that in the book of Daniel and chapter 9, and it talks there prophesying about the coming of Jesus Christ, and uh, I'm not a good one for all the dates and everything there, but it talks about that that through the sacrifice of Christ there would be the the end of sin, uh, reconciliation, between God and man, everlasting righteousness would be brought in and uh, the sacrifice in the temple would cease. And uh, that was all fulfilled in what Jesus did. Okay, so um, let's go back to Luke 24. Sorry to rush through all of that. But if I thought if I kept turning the pages over fast enough, it might keep some of you awake. Somebody was telling me the other day that they'd been in the assembly for a long time and uh, they taught their children to lie on the floor and sleep during the meetings. The trouble is the kids have grown up and they still sleep in the meetings. (laughs) So, uh, okay. So here we go. Now, back in Luke 24. Now, where did we get down to? Uh, Verse 27, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded on them all the things in the scriptures concerning himself. Verse 28, and they drew near unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him. No, no, don't do that. Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave to them. And there was something about the manner in which he did this, that their eyes were opened suddenly they recognized who it was that had been talking to them and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight because he was in his resurrected form and they said one to another did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures i love that verse too because so often when we're listening to the scriptures being anointed by the Holy Spirit and expounded under that anointing it does you good in here and um, you know it's not just when others are preaching it it's when you're reading it yourself um, you know there's a few of the uh, Woodcroft young couples are going down to camp on the weekend and they've asked uh, me and others to go down and, and talk to them about searching the scriptures I think others are talking about other subjects but some people, they haven't actually learnt how to feed themselves spiritually. They come to meetings and maybe they witness around and talk to other people a bit here and there. But you can get a really good spiritual feast out of getting out a good book, the best book of the lot, the Bible, and having a good read of it and following things through and themes and all this sort of stuff and so on. But Here's Jesus, the, the absolute pinnacle of a, of a teacher when it comes to ministering the word of God. 
and as they listened to him their hearts burned within them as uh, as they talked by the way and they opened to the, to the scriptures and they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together Judas had left by this time uh, with, that were with them saying the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon and they told what things were done in the way and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread and of course we get known to the Lord in the breaking of bread. We come here around the table as we're reminded of his sacrifice. And maybe with looking at some of these thoughts that uh, today when we partake of the bread and of the cup, we'll, uh, we'll be serious about it. We won't be chatting to our girlfriend next to us or, you know, talking to somebody else. And, you know, maybe in your mind you're just off, you know, wondering whether it's going to rain tonight or ever and all those sort of things and uh but anyway praise the lord we we're breaking bread we're partaking of the of the communion this is a serious business and as he as they thus spoke jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said peace be unto you but they were terrified and affrighted that's a good word isn't it affrighted and suppose suppose they'd seen a spirit i, I guess they still didn't believe that he'd risen from the dead Later on, uh, when Peter was released from jail in Acts chapter 12 and uh, the girl called uh, uh, Rhoda went to the, the door and Peter was knocking on the door and, and it was Peter who'd been released out of prison. They were, the, the enemy was going to kill him. And she ran in and she said, oh, Peter's knocking on the door. They said, no, it must be his ghost and, uh, or his spirit. But he was there all right. And uh, so anyway, praise the Lord. They thought that they'd seen a spirit. And he said unto them, why are you troubled and why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet that desire myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit has not flesh and bones as you see me have. When they had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have you any meat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and a honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Uh, I'm really wondering, I, I touched, I spent a few minutes going through a few things here, but maybe they walked the whole 10 Ks or whatever it was, some speculations, maybe it was even further than that. But um, uh, he could have been talking for hours about all of these things and he said it's all there in fact if you make a bit of a study you'll find jesus in every book of the bible and not the words used like that but an example of him and a prophecy of him and so on and he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and he said unto them thus it is written and thus it behoved christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at jerusalem this is the whole story here and you've got to have the whole story it doesn't it doesn't work otherwise and you are witnesses of these things and behold i send the promise of my father upon you but tarry in the city of jerusalem until you be endured with power from on high now, this is leading up to the climax of where people get drawn into this, become a part of this, that all the other was the prophecies of the Old Testament, 
the work that they did. It was the work of the apostles following Jesus around. And then there was, of course, what Jesus, only Jesus could do, that he offered himself and he was raised again from the dead, taken back into heaven. And But he's, just before he went, he said, no, you go into Jerusalem and you wait there until the power comes down from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven and they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. And we read on, the next chapter is the book of Acts because Luke broke them both. And that's why we read there in... uh, Verse 1 of the book of Acts. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus. Sounds a bit Greek to me, but anyway. Um, Of all that Jesus began to do and to teach. So the former treatise was the, the, the gospel of Luke. And now he's writing the sequel to it. Jesus only began there. That was He was taken back to heaven, but his work was going on big time until the day in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandment unto the apostles whom he had chosen. To him also he showed himself alive after his passion. We read about that. By many infallible proofs being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them commanded they should not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise of the Father which saith he ye have heard of me. And now we're going to find out exactly what he meant by this being endued with power and John truly baptized with water but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence and so this was it the power of the Holy Ghost is going to come into you when they were therefore come together they asked him saying Lord will at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel still thinking that somehow or other it was going to be a national deliverance that they were going to get rid of these pesky Romans And uh, we go on to read, and he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his power, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That's the power that, that I'm here to give you. That's what you need. Personally, that's what you need. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now... All nations, all families of the earth can now be blessed because the door has been opened, the gospel is spread aboard. You know, when Jesus died, the veil in the temple was rent from the top to the bottom. God reached down and ripped it apart, and it was pretty thick, several layers of of curtain thick, and the Holy Ghost was able to come out of the inner sanctum of the temple and uh, through the spreading of the gospel, it goes not to just to Israelites, but to everybody. And so, uh, while he had spoken unto them, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward the heaven, you would, wouldn't you? You know, when uh, somebody sends a balloon up, well, uh, you, you stand there looking up and see where it's going to go. Well, this was more than a balloon. This was, this was the Son of God. He'd been raised from the dead, and here he's going up into heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father. And uh, while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, 
two men, these angels, coming around again, stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. Oh, I love this passage. I love all of it, actually. It's a pretty good book, this. And, uh, but it's the same Jesus. <laughs> what on earth has got into the, the so-called Christian theologians? They want to change it all the time. And uh, it doesn't work. You know, you can, you can get something that's working perfectly, but if you're a fiddler and you pull it to pieces... And unless you put it back together exactly the way that it's supposed to go, it won't work. Now, my big brother is seven years older than me, and he bought his first new car. It was a Hillman, Hillman Minx, I think it was. Um, and uh, he liked to fiddle, and he pulled it to pieces. Now, I must have been about 15 and something. He must have been seven years older than me, whatever that comes to. And um, so um, he pulled it to pieces. When he put it back together, it wouldn't work. And so he had me on the tractor, uh, towing it, trying to get a, a kick start. It wouldn't happen. There was a little bit inside. Um, I think it was, I'm no mechanic, but I think it was a rotor arm or something. We've got a mechanic. Is that, does that make any sense? Yeah. And, uh, and, but somehow or other, no, I think he put that in, but there was a, there was a washer in there. It was an insulating washer somehow or other. And so the spark wouldn't get through. You know, that's what's happened to a lot of churches. They've, they've, they've left out, they haven't got any spark left anymore. And, uh, some bright sparks, but they're not the right sort. And, uh, so anyway, praise the Lord. When we received the Holy Ghost, well, uh, we, you know, we got a job to do. And so they were told they had to wait there, which they did. Chapter 2 and verse 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, waiting to be endued with power from on high. This is where the fulfillment of the, of the sacrifice for sins and the, uh, uh, and the ascension into heaven and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and preparedness to go out and spread the good news. They're all waiting there with one accord, all there for one reason. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared under them cloven tongues like as a fire and set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And here he goes again talking about the Holy Spirit. Yes, anyway, praise the Lord. You know, that's, that's all I ever talk about, Jill. You know, because... Uh, she, she was, uh, didn't understand anything I said, but except about the Holy Spirit. You got it, sister. And, uh, that's, that's what it's all about. It's what it leads us up to. And so we're filled with the Holy Ghost and we speak in tongues. And then for anybody that's a visitor, down in verse 37, they said, what shall we do? And in verse 38, Peter said, you repent and you get baptized. And we just happen to have the facility here. For you to get baptized today in the name of Jesus Christ, the remission of sins, and you'll be endued with power from on high. And then you'll know what the resurrection's all about. And of course, then that's getting you ready for when we are resurrected in the eternal form. Christ returns and we're caught up to meet him there in the air. Okay. All right. So.